The Saints just finished their preseason opener against the Houston Texans. A lot of good, some bad, a couple of question marks that still remain. I'll jump into all that here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. What is up, everyone? Welcome inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by Boot Crew Media, of course, also presented by DraftKings Sportsbook and Makers Mark. The Saints had their preseason opener against the Houston Texans on Saturday night, August 13th. They did fall short 17 to 13 in the final score, but it was one of those games where you don't really look at the final result in terms of win loss. You kind of look at what happened when the starters were in, who shine. You look at positions of need and whether or not People were able to stand out from the bunch. And I think overall, when I walk away from this game, I actually do have um, a couple of positives to take out of that. And we'll start off with two names, I would say, that aren't maybe household names. They certainly aren't. But I think they're possible depth pieces if they continue to play the way they played yesterday. Obviously, it was just a start, but it was an encouraging one, uh, albeit. So let's talk about Chase Hansen, the linebacker. We all know the Saints linebacker situation, right? I think one of the biggest storylines this year is going to be, is Pete Werner healthy? If Pete Werner is healthy, I think there is no problem. But if Pete Werner isn't healthy, and unfortunately he is battling a groin injury this training camp, who's behind him? Because you don't have that luxury of Quan Alexander being on the roster anymore. And that's going to be something that people talk about a lot, right? If Quan Alexander is playing well in New York, or forget about if he's playing well in New York, if Pete Werner is missing time, people are going to bring up that the Saints didn't re-sign Quan Alexander and how he went to the Jets, and it didn't cost all that much, a little over a million dollars. So the Saints could have brought him back in terms of the financial flexibility that they had, but they didn't. What is on that depth chart? People don't feel really comfortable. Well, Chase Hansen, I thought, was without a doubt kind of the star of the show on the defensive side of the football. He comes out immediately with a tackle for a loss, kind of just shot the gap on the blitz and did great there. He looked really sharp. As the game progressed, I really didn't see, um, you know, many areas of weakness for him in a preseason game. Of course, the interception was the cherry on top, but I think overall, Chase Hansen was a player who, when he first came with the Saints, he thought about, hey, can you find a role for him on special teams? And now, Saints bring him back this year, and you're starting to say, okay, this is a building block for him to potentially make the roster, not just maybe offering something on special teams, but being a backup linebacker for them and playing sparingly, depending on what the situation is health-wise. So huge thumbs up for what Chase Hansen did. I thought he looked really sharp. And and I think when you go down to, hey, who was the MVP of the game? I honestly think it was him because he set the tone from the jump and was able to sustain that high-level play. And if you're the Saints, you walk away from last night's game and you're looking at your linebacker room and you're looking at Chase Hansen on that depth chart and you're saying, man, you give me another one of those performances, you're getting sharpied into that 53-man roster, not penciled in. So I really was encouraged with what he did there. He wasn't the only one that I was encouraged with. Justin Evans. Justin Evans is a fascinating story. Really fascinating. You're talking about a player who started his career with Tampa Bay out of Texas A&M. He was a former second-round pick. You know that the talent's always been there. But he did take off from football. Like, this is a player due to injury. I believe it was an Achilles injury. He missed a lot of time. And now he's on the Saints, back in the NFC South, hoping to make a name for himself. And I think the pieces are there for him to make this roster. And I know that when we look at the safety position, you know they have Tyron Matthew, they have um, you know Marcus May and what he can do there. 
not having Smoke Monday, in my opinion, I think kind of opens a door for another safety to make this roster. And I honestly probably had him over Smoke Monday before his injury, and then that just solidifies the need for that extra safety. And I think Justin Evans did a great job yesterday. His diving interception, great playmaking there, great recognition, um, great reaction time. I, I think for him, he might be one of those players you put on your roster because you know at the very minimum he's going to be good depth. And then whatever he gives you over that is just great. And, and I think, again, I'm going back to a guy who I thought flashed at times at Tampa Bay. Overall, his stint with Tampa Bay wasn't anything uh, to write home about. But he flashed that potential. And when you hear that he was doing it in minicamp and you hear that he was doing it in training camp and now you're seeing it in the preseason, it all starts to build up. So uh, I was impressed with him as well. And I, I tweeted about it. I said, you're going into the, the Packers game, that second preseason game next week. Justin Evans, Chase Hansen, how do you perform? Because I watched you in the preseason opener and you caught my attention. So now are you able to keep the eyes and the spotlight on you in a good way? So I'm really interested to see how those two perform, but th those are big positives. You get a linebacker, uh, backup linebacker, perhaps, if Chase Hansen continues to shine, and then Justin Evans, you add him to the roster. That's one of those guys where you're 53, and I say this all the time, and, and it's it's been very noticeable with the Saints when the Saints are good. The Saints, when they're at their best, granted you have star power and whatnot, but when they were in that run from 2017 to 2020, I thought what made them so good wasn't the star power as much as it was the depth. Like that from one to 53, they really had it better than most people. So if Hanson and Evans could keep it up, that would really help that cause. Now, want to talk about two position battles before I get into the quarterback situation, because I think the quarterback situation is pretty interesting uh, in terms of what the Saints got going on there. But let's talk about the running back battle. That is crowded. And after last night, it's one of those where we knew it was crowded going into yesterday, but it was crowded where it's like, man, who, who's going to shine? Because I, I don't really feel confident in any of you. And then you watch the preseason opener. And, I've, and I said yesterday, preseason is a great showcase for running backs because they get their opportunities. The workload's always there for them. And nothing really changes that much for them, right? I think quarterback's a little different. You're not seeing as many diverse coverages. But from a running back perspective, there's not a lot changing from what you're seeing then to what you're seeing in the regular season. So I think that's why it's the perfect showcase. For the Saints, every running back vying for that number three spot on the depth chart, I think played well yesterday. Obviously, some ups and downs for some of them, but Dwayne Washington from the jump looked really sharp. Now, were the yards per carry there? No, but was he consistent? Was he a chain mover? Did he look the part of a player who we know was great on special teams but could maybe add something in that number three spot? I would say yes. So a really encouraging start for him. He's another player that you want to see Kenny build off that. But overall... He goes into week two of the preseason with that arrow pointing up. Abram Smith. Abram Smith, I almost feel like it's either stuck in neutral or a little bit down because he fumbled, which is really upsetting because I thought he looked the most explosive out of the bunch. Seven carries for 30 yards. And, and again, I've been someone who's been bullish of Abram Smith because I liked him out of Baylor, and I'm hoping that we see that potential to continue to flash. But for now, it's one of those situations where He's got a rebound in game two. Can't cough that ball up. If he does, that's probably it. And I think it's not to be harsh, but if he were to, let's say, hypothetically go back-to-back -back preseason games fumbling the football, I have a tough time figuring out where that would fit into the equation for the Saints. So there was a lot to like with Abram Smith, but fumbling is crucial. Dennis Allen talked about it in the post-game press conference. 
And I think that is where, unfortunately, what would have been a no-brainer arrow pointing up, it's either flatlined or it's pointed down because of that fumble. But I did like a lot out of Abram Smith. It's, it really is unfortunate that he had that fumble. Tony Jones Jr. Man, Tony Jones Jr., he loves the preseason, doesn't he? Last year, he shined in the preseason. Think about the Ravens game. You think about the Jaguars game. He had a catch for 13 yards. He had seven carries for 27 yards. I thought he was pretty solid. I think for Tony Jones Jr., it almost comes down to how do they feel about, hey, does this translate into regular season? Because that's back-to-back preseasons now that I've looked at Tony Jones Jr. I'm saying he looks the part, but I remember last season, we didn't see much out of him. That could have been the O-line being depleted. That could have been maybe him not ready for prime time, whatever it may be. But good start for Tony Jones Jr. I also would say his arrow is pointing up. So I, I really do like what I see there. And then also uh, Ozigbo, the, the fourth option here in what is really a crowded running back room. I thought he was fine. Eight carries, 26 yards. He's another guy that's more of a bruiser back. I, I don't know if he's going to make this roster because it's so crowded right now. But I, I thought he was fine. I, for me, I think Dwayne Washington would get the early lead right now. I think he, he really checks off every box, can receive out of the backfield, okay runner, Really good on special teams. I just think he does so much that the Saints are going to have to put him on this roster. Now, they might end up going four. You never know because Dwayne might be looked at as a guy that primarily special teams. And then maybe if that's the case, it's Abram Smith, Tony Jones Jr., and Ozigbo vying for that extra spot. If I had a pick right now, I'd probably say Tony Jones Jr. But if Abram Smith doesn't fumble, I feel like it's a no-brainer Abram Smith. So Abram Smith is the type of player who, if he rebounds in week two of the preseason with a big game, I'm going to reassess how we're, we're looking at this running back picture, but it's crowded, but I feel better about it. And, you know, the running back position is something that I've talked about a couple of other podcasts have talked about. You want to look around the league, right? Because if someone gets cut and you're saying, hey, I think you can bring value to my backfield, I think it's something the Saints should consider. And I'm not saying they should slam the door shut on that. You should always look to add talent and upgrade at every position possible. But I think for the Saints now, after that opener, you should feel a little bit better about the guys you have in your room outside of Kamara and Ingram because of the way they performed yesterday. All of them, for the most part, looked like decent running backs. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to perform in the regular season. It just means at least one of them, if you pick the right one, you should be comfortable with them as your RB3. Now, the running back battles are not the only thing going on. The wide receiver battle is pretty interesting. If this was last year, I promise you I could go into today and saying Dejon Dixon would make the roster we make the 53 because he's been solid in training camp. He had a good game in preseason. I feel like he was really, really good in uh, rookie mini camp. I feel like he would check off so many boxes that you're like, Hey, yeah, this kid to shoe in. But unfortunately for him, he's coming at a time where, you know, Michael Thomas is making the roster. You know, that Jarvis Landry's making it, you know, Chris Olave's making it. So three spots already gone and you feel pretty comfortable about Deontay Hardy making it. So then you feel like four spots are gone. And then it comes down to, five and six, if they keep six wide receivers on this roster, and if they do that, all of a sudden, you know Callaway and Traquan Smith are the favorites because they've been there, they've done that. And for Dixon, it's him, it's Kwan Baker, it's also um, Kirk Merritt. So it's it's not just one guy that's still vying. Now, Kirk Merritt, unfortunately for him, didn't have that breakout preseason game that would validate the training camp hype that's kind of been circling around the building. But... I thought Dixon was the player who, who stood out. He was someone who I've kind of kept my eye on since the NFL PA Bowl. He's someone who I think if the Saints really like what they're seeing, maybe they make one of those surprise roster cuts to put him on there. But 
it, it's crazy. And I tweeted about it and, and I'll continue to talk about it because I think it's something that will be noticeable throughout the season. The Saints' biggest weakness undoubtedly was wide receiver last year. And now I'm not saying it's their biggest strength because I don't think it's the biggest strength. I still think cornerbacks their biggest strength. But the wide receiver room is so deep that a player like DeJon Dixon, who I think is having a very nice offseason, he could get cut and then he'll end up elsewhere. So, you know, he looked good. I was really impressed with him. And we'll see. Traquan Smith, again, mixed bag. But I still feel like Traquan's going to make the roster. I think Traquan Smith's that player now that I've noticed with Saints fans that, like, so eager when he messes up to talk about how bad he messed up. And then if he has, like, a nice play here and there, it kind of gets a little quiet. But I feel like Traquan, because of the blocking skills he has, the way he's performed in training camp, you know, everyone wants to say he's a surprise cut. I just think the wide receiver room might just kind of be chalk, like what we expected. You know, the six that they keep or the six that we all kind of thought we're going to get that spot. So we'll kind of see how that unfolds. But uh, the, 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 the wide receiver battle, it's interesting. That's another super crowded room. Kind of see how that unfolds. Now let's get into quarterbacks because that that's obviously the most important position in football. And for the Saints uh, situation, it was Andy Dalton, Ian Book. It was their opportunity last night, mostly Ian Book's opportunity because Andy Dalton had his one drive and he looked damn good. Andy Dalton finished his first drive, five of five, um, 51 yards, a touchdown, 148.8 quarterback rating. Uh, he was sharp. And I will say this from now, in an offseason where the Saints got Tyron Matthew, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, depending on how the quarterback situation plays out, and you know you don't want it to be this way, but in the very unfortunate event, if Jameis Winston were to go down for two weeks, three weeks, Andy Dalton's the offseason pickup that you make that if he plays the way he's been playing right now, he keeps your season afloat, and then you look back at when you're still contending for playoff spot, and you're like, man, thank God that we added Andy Dalton. It's the type of player that gives you depth. He gives you experience. And deep down, you know that it's an upgrade over last year's backup quarterback in Trevor Simeon. So overall, how can you not be impressed? I think Andy Dalton's done a really good job throughout training camp. And now we're seeing the preseason of keeping the offense on rhythm, on timing. Uh, you see the strike to, to Adam Troutman. You see a strike to Callaway. You see a strike to Traquan. Just really spreading the, the love. Uh, he had a pretty good amount of time in the pocket. I thought the interior gave him really good protection, which is good because that's something we want to hear, right? Andrews Pete, Cesar Reese, how are they performing? I thought the interior was great. He really did impress me. Um, and, and it's weird, right? Because we know who Andy Dalton is. We've seen him throughout his career in Cincinnati. We know the Chicago season wasn't great. But Andy Dalton's the type of player that, you know, I, after what I've seen, I feel comfortable if he were to start a game or two in an absence of Jameis, which you don't want, but you also can't control that injuries happen in football, you would not be like, oh my God. Like It got to a point last year where, and I'm not trying to knock Trevor Simeon because that Bucks win was memorable as hell. The Bills game, I believe the Eagles game, there were certain games that the Saints went in, and I'm like, they're not going to win this game. And, and that's how much of an impact a quarterback position has. And Andy Dalton's not some quarterback that's going to wow you but he's just keeping everything on, on schedule. And when you keep everything on schedule, good things are going to happen, especially with a Saints team that offensive skill player-wise, immensely talented compared to last year's team. So I really do love the pickup of Andy Dalton, and I'm, I'm starting to like it a little bit more and more each day because of what he's showing. I, I thought last year he showed a quarterback that his best days were behind him, and now you're just thinking, man, he can be a premier backup 
And us Saints fans should know how valuable premier backups are. Drew Brees went down. Teddy Bridgewater comes in. Don't miss a beat. So I really was impressed with Andy Dalton. But of course, that's not why you guys are here. You're probably thinking about, hey, what are we going to talk about with Ian Book? Because Ian Book's the guy who got 22 pass attempts. Ian Book's the guy who played primarily most of this game under center. So let's talk about Ian Book. When the Saints drafted Ian Book, I said it, and I was I was very honest about it. Could he shock all of us? Sure, but I, I never thought he was an NFL quarterback. Now, I don't still think that. I, I don't watch Ian Book and be like, man, this guy can't play in the NFL because there are some really, really bad quarterbacks in this league, and he could, if teams are carrying three quarterbacks, absolutely be one of those three quarterbacks. But Ian Book needs to be more than that, though. And that's why after last night's game, I don't think he was as terrible as some people will lead you on to believe with the way they tweet, but he wasn't, you know, I wasn't comfortable watching Ian Book. And after last year when James went down and, and Taysom Hill was hurt and Simeon got COVID and Ian Book came in unprepared, he just looked unprepared, right? And I don't blame him. That Dolphins game, you really can't prepare anyone for a situation like that, especially a guy who's not ready. But I watched last night's game and... I think for me, Ian Book was at his best. I thought when he was moving around, I thought he showed his mobility. I think that's an underrated aspect of his game. But I like to see more out of him because he is going up against second string, third string defenses. And like, that's your time to shine. And I think for Ian Book, he's going to need a rebound game against the Packers because I think he needs to show the Saints that, yeah, you are number three on the depth chart. That You're not moving up to number two. Andy Dalton's here to stay, and, and Jameis obviously is your QB1. But you need to show the Saints enough that, like, in the event all hell breaks loose, like last year at the quarterback position, if Ian Book has to start a game, the Saints are like, oh, my God, like we're, we're chalking it up to an L. And I think right now I'm not comfortable enough with the way Ian Book's played to tell you that, like, hey, I think if he has to start a game, he could do it. I, I just don't feel that way. And that doesn't mean he can't get there. And that doesn't mean that he hasn't improved because Ian Book yesterday looked 15 times better than what Ian Book looked like in that Dolphins game, which is a good sign. But I also think Ian Book's look, you know, what we've seen in training camp, I think he should have been better last night. So th that's kind of where I'm at when I'm gauging this whole thing. So I think Ian Book, was he god-awful? No. Was it underwhelming? Yes. And, and I think that's just that's just my honest reaction about, uh, you know, the way he performed. So... I'm really interested to see how Ian Book plays in the second preseason game against the Packers. Uh, again, like I said, when when you got no when you you know Jameis, even if he plays next week, it's not going to be a lot. And you know that Andy Dalton really shouldn't play more than one drive because I think you put him on ice at this point because you got to be careful about your quarterback room. I I think that for me, it's a lot of what I'm going to be paying attention to next week is, is Ian Book and how does he respond? How does he bounce back? And I, I think he's got to make sure he avoids the turnovers keeps the offense on timing, and also generates some points, man. Generate some points. That's the name of the game. Saints scored three points in the second half. That's less than ideal, especially when he gets the whole second half. You would think that you would get more comfortable. So that, that's just how I feel about the Ian Book situation. But we'll see what happens. He's he still got time, and uh, I hope that uh, we, we see some improvements out of the, the former Notre Dame quarterback. Now, before I get into some slight concerns, because we can't finish the first preseason game and act like everything's gravy, because it's not. like. There's things that got to be worked on. What what I the reason I take away from this game as a positive is that the starters looked good, and that's what you want to see. But one more little shout out here, I would say to John Parker Romo. Look, Will Lutz is the same starting kicker. We know that, but John Parker Romo was consistent yesterday. Did everything he needed to do. 
that, again, another position, if Will Lutz were to miss time like last year, can he come in and, and handle the kicking duties? Like, I kind of think he can right now. Like, I, he's been kind of, you know, there's up and downs in the, in the training camp period. But for the most part, he's been consistent. And now you come out yesterday and you do what you got to do. You just got to build off that. And kicker's so important. If, if you didn't realize it last year, I don't know when you realize it, but it's it's one of those positions that, like, that might be the difference between a 9-8 and eight team and an 11-6 and six team is a kicker. And, and we saw that last year, the Titans game, the Giants game. If the Saints have a kicker, they're probably going to be a playoff team last year. Like, that that's how bad their kicking situation was. So, John Parker Romo, quick shout-out to him. For a backup kicker, I thought he looked good. Can you keep him on the practice squad? That would be ideal for the Saints. So, we'll see what happens there. Now, let's get into some concerns. And the two concerns that I want to mention are two former – well, a former, a former first-round pick and a first-round pick from this year's class. So, let's start off with Trevor Penning. I didn't think Trevor Penning looked horrendous last night. Uh, I thought sometimes he flashed his his potential. But what concerns me is I feel like he's, at least from last night's game, was struggling with speed rushers. And the Saints don't have speed rushers to throw at him at practice outside of hypothetically Carl Granderson. And even Carl Granderson isn't really like a speed rusher, right? When When I see speed rusher, I don't think Carl Granderson. I don't. And... I, I think for him, if that is your biggest weakness, unfortunately, that's not something that you could really work on specifically in practice because if you look at the Saints' defensive line, they're fielding a basketball team. Their defensive ends, they like him 6'6", 6'8", 6'5", at the shortest. Like The Saints like huge defensive ends to, to kind of fill out that, that, that line. So when I see Trevor Penning kind of struggle with the speed rushers, I just think to myself, I'm like, okay, uh, that that seems to be the weakness. How do you correct that now, though? Because he's not going to be able to correct that by throwing Marcus Davenport and Peyton Turner and uh, Cam Jordan and and Snow Passanio and like th- that's not that's not going to fix the problem. So uh, th- that's the one concern I have about Trevor Penning. But again, Trevor Penning for me, and this is why I'm not sounding any alarm. Everyone who knows what's up was would tell you that. James Hurst is your left tackle for week one. Like, we all knew that. Like, there, there, no one's surprised. Now, is the gap maybe bigger than expected? Maybe. I, I would say it is a little bit bigger than people would expect. But James Hurst is starting week one. You drafted a guy out of northern Iowa who you know is a small school project, and you know the pieces are there, but you knew that when you drafted him, you're going to develop him because he's not your left tackle for today. He's your left tackle for tomorrow. So I, I think that for Penning, how does he adjust? Next week's a whole new ball game. I'm curious to see how he does against speed rushers on the Green Bay Packers if they have any to offer him. So that that's something that I'm going to look at with him. Now, I would say the more concerning thing, and it's just one game, always got a chance to bounce back. I wanted more from Peyton Turner yesterday, and the reason I say I wanted more from Peyton Turner yesterday is Peyton Turner had more opportunities against third string O linemen, second string O linemen, and I didn't see any pop, and I was confused by that. Because I said last year, Peyton Turner's rookie season was pretty much non-existent. But when he was on the field, you knew he was on the field because he was making a play here and there. And I, I've seen him play well in training camp. And I know that the potential's there, right? We're never going to doubt that with Peyton Turner. But when you're playing in the preseason, like I said, against second and third string units, I need to see you flash. And I didn't see that at all yesterday. And, you know, a lot of people love to crack the whole Peyton Turner, Marcus Davenport thing. Marcus Davenport, in my opinion, now has the luxury of me saying he just needs to be healthy 
and I know he's going to produce because I thought he was outstanding last year when he was on the field. Peyton Turner for me, you got to be healthy, and then I got to see you do it. So that that's kind of the two-parter for what's going on with Peyton Turner. But and again, you got another week to figure it out. Would like to see more out of him, though, because you look at his draft class, when Pete Werner's healthy, I know Pete's going to play. And Paulson Adebo, he's validating that hype, man. I thought he was outstanding yesterday. He could end up, by the end of the year, if he keeps this up, if he ends up being a top 20, top 25 cornerback in the league, and you're telling me the Saints have two of the top 25 corners in the league, that, that's that's tough to compete against, man. That that really, really elevates what you can do as a defense. But, uh, yeah, Peyton Turner would like to see more out of the 2021 first-round pick. He's got a chance to next Friday. They versus the Green Bay Packers. I'll have more coverage there um, for that one. I'll be live tweeting that one for sure, and, and we'll kind of break down what's going on there. But that's going to wrap it up for my preseason recap for the Saints-Texans game. Overall, I would say more positives than negatives. You walk out of this game with no major injuries, and anytime that happens in a preseason game, I'm I'm very relieved and I'm happy about it. So uh, overall, I would say it's good. Andy Dalton, I would say, shined. I thought Chase Hansen looked great. Justin Evans looked very impressive. Uh, Dejon Dixon looked good. And I would also say Dwayne Washington. Like Those were the guys for me that when I look back and at this game and I rewatch it, I say those are the ones that kind of stood out uh, for me. So we'll see if those guys can build off that and improve in week two. And the ones that I said, Trevor Penning, Peyton Turner, Abram Smith, guys of that nature, can you play better in the second preseason game against the Packers? We'll see if that happens. And when that does, we'll break it down for you here on the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Houdat Nation. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.